Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chris Lotzball. Um, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're actually grateful for two things. One is Christmas, and one, we record these episodes out of order, so we are recording the final episode of God's Whole Story today. But there will be keep the listening. The year. Keep listening, um, because you have a couple more to listen to, but this is the last one we'll actually be recording. And, you know, I mean, maybe some of you are even sitting around on Christmas morning, and you're making your kids listen to this with you before you allow them to open presents. And if that's the case, I'm sorry, kids. Yeah. Um, but there is a verse in here that's really a great Christmas verse, First uh, John chapter 4, verse 10. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away go. our sins. So there is our Christmas verse on Christmas. There you go. <coughs> Merry Christmas. We hope you're having a fantastic time celebrating. Um, Chris, we're reading through, we're wrapping up First John. We're reading Second and Third John. Um, some people, their favorite book of the Bible is Third John, because you can read it in under five minutes. Um, but what is sticking out to you is like something we really want to cover today. So there, especially in Second and Third John, there's a theme of hospitality, yeah, and this idea of uh, in one book actually it, it's telling the church who not to show hospitality to the false teachers, which that even kind of ties in with First John that you know some of the things that are being said there is make sure that these people are teaching that Jesus had a body because they were teaching he didn't, you know. But Second uh, John is kind of about who not to show hospitality to. Don't welcome these false teachers in. Don't allow them to pervert this stuff. But Third John is saying do welcome the traveling good teachers. The true teachers, the ones that are are proclaiming the truth, do open up your homes to them and welcome them. And, you know, hospitality is one of those things that, um, I mean, it is in many of the lists for leaders in the New Testament. Yeah, it is it a is. requirement mm-hmm. to be hospitable. Um, and it is one of the things that uh, spending a lot of years in YWAM, this is one of the YWAM's core values, too, is just being hospitable. And it was actually a great place to learn about that and welcoming people and uh, the value of fellowshipping over a meal, um, something that I really appreciated. I do feel like um, it's something that I need a, a little pulse check on periodically, uh, especially being back in in the U.S. with busy schedules and all that. It's it's easy to go a long time and not invite people into your home. It's also easy to think this is a lost art, but it's actually not. Like There are places you can go. It, it is a lost art here. There are places you can travel to in the world where Absolutely. it is not. And, and and there are pockets of cultures you can travel to in, in the U.S. and experience really, really well done hospitality. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times people go on a mission trip, and that's one of the things they're like, people were so warm and oh my welcoming, goodness. and they didn't have hardly anything, but they brought us all this food. And I mean, that's a my common first, story. My first missions trip, we went to Jamaica. I was like a senior in high school. We went to Jamaica. We worked in a in a very, very poor area. Um, we were, we were doing, we were pouring like concrete and like just helping fix up houses and stuff, which houses are, you know, shacks and less than shacks. Um, but I remember that it probably was the first time I experienced like, Whoa, what is this? Because this community that we worked in all week where they clearly had not much of anything, uh, they had taken a collection during that week and they bought, uh, like, like chicken breast and they made jerk chicken, which if you've, if you've never had Jamaican jerk chicken, it's excellent. Um, 
but they, they cooked us this huge, I mean, I'm talking like it was a feast and it was very awkward to eat it actually. Um, but it, it, that was hospitality. Yeah. They did not have the means to yeah. make us that meal. Yeah. I, one book I would definitely recommend if you want to be challenged on hospitality is, uh, the gospel comes with a house key by Rosaria Butterfield. Um, just in short, it's a story of an atheist, uh, woman with very strong convictions that would not be traditionally Christian, Christian, uh, saw this letter to the editor by a pastor in a newspaper. She responded very harshly to it. He invited her over for a meal. And she came in very defensive. She thought they were going to argue. And he just basically loved her, listened to her. They had another meal. They had another meal. It turned into several years. Finally, she actually becomes a Christian, gets a seminary degree, and is like teaching in seminaries, totally changing a lot of her beliefs and a lot of her values. And it's like it started by that welcoming presence um, where just, hey, let's come and have a meal and let's even just talk about these things. It's so much harder to be mean and argue when you're eating across the table with someone than when you're online or when you're something like that. Uh, it just creates an environment for good dialogue. It's funny too, because I feel like in some ways we've structured that out of our lives where it's like, well, you can't just, you, you can't just let people into your actual life. You know, like there's, there's in a much l- less strangers. Yeah. There, there's a <laughs> lot of hesitancy to that. That's baked into a lot of our jobs, into a lot of our life expectations. Um, it, it's difficult to be hospitable. And I think this gospel hospitality is, it, it probably would make a lot of us uncomfortable mm. because it looks very opposite of what we've been taught to do sometimes. Well, I think even if we think about hospitality, we're going to think about inviting family or friends over. Oh, yeah. But actually what... And how, how many times do we actually choose not to do that? Yeah, but actually <laughs> like there is a big case to invite like unbelievers over. Yeah, yeah. People who purposely think differently. I mean... Think about, you know, they were invited into the inn, the Christmas story, right? Yeah. Even if it was the stable. But anyway. Yeah. There was some hospitality going on there. Well, what else did you see? I I just think, like, if you're listening in order, yesterday I talked about um, the temptation to make things in our lives bigger than Jesus. John actually calls that out explicitly uh, at the end of 1 John. 1 John 5, 21, dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. Mm that's the essence of what I was talking about yesterday. Like anything that can take over um, what Jesus is for us is dangerous. And I, I think that the, the obvious way to go overboard is like take all your CDs outside and burn them in a big heap. Um, but there is something CDs? to be, what are CDs? Yeah. Right. Well, that's just what we used to do. Yeah. Okay. Back in the old days. <laughs> oh man. I may have broke a few cassettes in my day. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, that's a little bit different approach, I guess, but there, there is a case to be made for, you know what? Maybe the things that are bigger than Jesus in your life, maybe take a break. Um, and then hopefully condition yourself to have better habits and make sure that Jesus stays first. And sometimes it, that can be like temporary. Yeah, that's that's experiment. Just, yeah, just, just like, hey, I'm going to take a break on this for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it'll be permanent, but maybe it will just be a season. And actually, sometimes if your reaction is, there's no way I could actually do that, that probably that's indicates why you should do that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know what that looks like for you guys, but there, there's, it's pretty easy to have some of those things in our lives. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the collection of John's letters, it's pretty excellent, pretty short and sweet and to the point. So I like that, but, uh, yeah. Anything else, Chris? That's all I've got today. Hey, Merry Christmas guys. Um, I hope you have a fantastic holiday with whoever you're with. And I hope you're encouraged by this podcast that you continue to walk closer to Jesus. And we will be there again tomorrow. Sure will. All right. 
See you then. Bye. First John 4, starting in verse 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. All who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's Son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross, not by water only, but by water and blood. And the Spirit, who is truth, confirms it is his testimony. So we have these three witnesses, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and all three agree. Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God, and God has testified about his Son. All who believe in the Son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe what God has testified about his Son. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know he will give us what we ask for. If you see a fellow believer sinning in a way that does not lead to death, you should pray, and God will give that person life. But there is sin that leads to death, and I'm not saying you should pray for those who commit it. All wicked actions are sin, but not every sin leads to death. We know that God's children do not make a practice of sinning, for God's Son holds them securely, and the evil one cannot touch them. We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come, and he has given us understanding so that we can know the true God. And now, we live in fellowship with the true God because we live in fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ. 
He is the only true God, and He is eternal life. Dear children, keep away from anything that might take God's place in your hearts. 2 John chapter 1 This letter is from John the Elder. I am writing to the chosen lady and to her children, whom I love in the truth, as does everyone else who knows the truth, because the truth lives in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace, which come from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, will continue to be with us who live in the truth and love. How happy I was to meet some of your children and find them living according to the truth, just as the Father commanded. I am writing to remind you, dear friends, that we should love one another. This is not a new commandment, but one we have had from the beginning. Love means doing what God has commanded us, and he has commanded us to love one another just as you heard from the beginning. I say this because many deceivers have gone into the world. They deny that Jesus Christ came in a real body. Such a person is a deceiver and an antichrist. Watch out for that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you will receive your full reward. Anyone who wanders away from this teaching has no relationship with God, but anyone who remains in the teaching of Christ has a relationship with both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to your meeting and does not teach the truth about Christ, don't invite that person into your home or give any kind of encouragement. Anyone who encourages such people becomes a partner in their evil work. I have much more to say to you, but I don't want to do it with paper and ink, for I hope to visit you soon and talk with you face to face. Then our joy will be complete. Greetings from the children of your sister chosen by God. Third John, chapter 1. This letter is from John the Elder. I am writing to Gaius, my dear friend, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are healthy in body as you are strong in spirit. Some of the traveling teachers recently returned and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness that you are living according to the truth. I could have no greater joy than to hear my children are following the truth. Dear friend, you are being faithful to God when you care for the traveling teachers who pass through, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church here of your loving friendship. Please continue providing for such teachers in a manner that pleases God, for they are traveling for the Lord and they accept nothing from people who are not believers. So we ourselves should support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. I wrote to the church about this, but Diotrephes, who loves to be the leader, refuses to have anything to do with us. When I come, I will report some of the things he is doing and the evil accusations he is making against us. Not only does he refuse to welcome the traveling teachers, but he also tells others not to help them. And when they do help, he puts them out of the church. Dear friend, don't let this bad example influence you. Follow only what is good. Remember those who do good prove that they are God's children, and those who do evil prove that they do not know God. Everyone speaks highly of Demetrius as he does the truth itself. We ourselves can say the same for him, and you know that we speak the truth. I have much more to say to you, but I don't want to write it with pen and ink, for I hope to see you soon, then we will talk face to face. Peace be with you. Your friends here send their greetings. Please give my personal greetings to each of our friends there. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.